guys, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. A Christian Girl's Guide to Modern Dating. We are just two single girls trying to figure out how to date well as Christian women. Yes. So thanks for joining us for episode 12. Can you believe we've done 12 episodes? No. It's kind of crazy. It is really crazy. It's really fun. This was supposed to be our last episode, technically. That's true. So if you're just now joining us, we're going another There's three episodes after store. this. Yes. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, today we are going to be talking about the hesitations that people can have around getting married or around marriage itself, um, which is a was a requested topic, actually. We did not come up with this on our own. We're not going to take credit for this. We had a few different people approach us about this. Yeah. Like, this would be a really good thing to talk about. I'm glad they did. I, yeah, I was a little unsure about talking about it at first because it's like, um, it's kind of the opposite of what this is about. But the more we talked about it, I'm really excited to kind of look into this more today. Yeah, I think so too. But first, we have our question of the day. Okay. It's my turn. So, Bethany. Yes. If you could shop at one store for free for the rest of your life, where would you shop and why? Okay. Here's my answer. It's a twofold answer. Okay. Two step, whatever. <laughs> I would shop at the Apple store. Oh, smart. And here's why. Because one, you get all the Apple stuff you want for free. And they're so expensive. I know. But two, there's such a high like resale market for it. Okay. That you could then take stuff and sell it. And then you could shop wherever else you wanted for free as well. That's cheating. Well. But it's fine. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's been, it's smart. I've always been accused of cheating at games. So yes. I guess this is just one more. It's like wishing for more wishes. I would do that too. I know you I mean, would. come on. I it know. just makes sense. Common sense. Yes. Well, I, shockingly enough, would pick the most basic answer <laughs> and say Target. <sighs> because, okay, just hear me out. Okay. You have, and I know you're going to say that you can buy everything and that I'm about to say anyways <laughs> with your Apple store resale, but just hear me out. They have clothes. Yeah. And shoes. And electronics and groceries True. and Starbucks. Well, so it has literally everything toiletries, well, does, hair stuff, beauty, I don't know if makeup. Starbucks and Target are one store. If it's inside the store, I'm counting it. If okay, you get fine. to resell everything, okay, fair then enough, I fair get enough. to keep okay, Starbucks. Okay, so if you were going to, <laughs> would you have to only buy the same thing from Starbucks all the time? What would you get? Grande coffee frappuccino. I don't even know what that is. It's like if you got an iced coffee and blended it. Blended it. Okay. Like put it in a blender. I really should learn coffee. You really should. Stuff because I'm it's a shocking bit... that Bethany and I are friends if she doesn't like coffee. I, I mean, let's be real. I know. I'm weird. But but you love me anyway. I do. I do. Okay, that was. We're learning that Bethany's really smart and I'm really basic. Is basically what you just pulled from our answers to that really. question. So it's fine. <laughs> That's um, funny. Okay, so let's jump in. Let's do. Let's talk. About marriage or not marriage. Or not marriage. Okay. Or so, are you sure you really want to get married? There you go. I do. Oh, I do too. Okay. Just putting that out there. Okay. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> okay. I think one of the things that made this kind of a little bit outside the box for us, so to speak, is that you and I don't necessarily have a ton of misgivings or fears about marriage itself, maybe. I think we probably fall more on the side of, what if I pick the wrong guy? Or how do I know I'm with the right person? But the thought of marriage itself isn't as intimidating, maybe, um, yeah, as it I is for, with that. for others. And I know, like, we've talked to enough people just in prepping this and researching for this that 
Maybe they've already met the right person. Maybe they're dating the right person. Maybe they're even engaged to the right person, but the thought of marriage itself kind of scares them. Um, and so we're going to kind of look at some of the things that might be reasons why. There were four things that really were a recurring thing that popped up multiple times as we were talking to people. Uh, so we're going to kind of go through those and then hopefully at the end have some takeaways and encouragement that will maybe make this less of a daunting thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, so the first hesitation that came up pretty frequently, I feel like, was um, people who maybe struggle with some insecurities or they're not satisfied with where they're at right now or something about themselves right now and they think they have to fix everything before they're ready to be married, whether that's their financial situation or that's their appearance, um, you know, all kinds of maybe different things that they're kind of insecure about, but it's enough to keep them from wanting to move forward mm-hmm. towards that. And I get that. And I, we're both yeah. list people. So oh, obviously yeah. we both have nice long lists of things that we want to do better or change or work on or try or undertake or whatever. But I don't think, I don't know that you can ever be perfectly ready to meet someone or to get married. I don't think you can ever get to that point where you're like, okay, I've done everything I need to do um, to get there. I think maybe you can work on those things together. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, and I don't, I think if you're expecting that from someone or you're with someone who expects that from you, that's unrealistic Um, because no one's ever going to be at that point of having nothing that they need to work on. So don't, if that's you, don't let that be something that hinders you because the person you're with, they're going to have things too. It's not, it's not like you have to get to this certain level and then you are qualified yeah, to get married. Exactly. Well, and I mean, don't get us wrong. It's definitely good to like work on yourself and to continue to improve. And like, if you have goals that maybe you've got some debt or something that you want to pay off, you know, before you get married, you can still work on that. But it doesn't mean that, oh, I can't get married until I pay my car off or my student loans, or I can't get married until I lose 30 pounds. Like, whatever that thing is, you can still keep working towards those things, but don't let the insecurities take over to the point where you're limiting yourself or you're you're putting um, restrictions on yourself. Well, and I feel like a lot of times, if that's kind of like your mindset of I need to do these things and then I'll get married, probably a lot of times people who are thinking that are single. They're not even dating someone. And it's you're going for a long way from single to married in your head. Yeah, Whereas really if you're true. with a good godly guy... He's not going to be expecting that from you. No. He will accept you and like you and be okay with who you are. That's why and he's sure with you. sure he'll push you towards improving those things because they're important to you and, you know, you should or whatever. But don't in your head make these assumptions that are skipping over a big chunk in the middle, yeah, I think. that's so true. That's a great point. Okay, so another one I think that really came up a lot, at least this one everyone we talked to said yeah, but my parents didn't have a great marriage or, well, my parents are divorced or the parents who just stuck together for the kids. And I think the the concern or the worry is that I didn't have a good example, so now I don't have any choice but to repeat it, which I understand, but I don't know that that's 100% true. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that that is a valid fear if that's your example growing up. But I think if that's 
if you if your parents didn't have a great relationship or even if the couples around you that you grew up around didn't have a great relationship, that's, that's going to be the norm in your mind. And well, and you don't know that it's not normal. No, not at all. And so I think that can be a very difficult hole to kind of climb out of, but I definitely think it's something that you can move past and it's not something that you're stuck with as yeah. like to repeat well, with your just, own marriage. Just because it's a difficult hole to climb out of, like you said, doesn't mean you don't try. Exactly. It doesn't mean you don't climb and claw your way out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that can be... Don't use it as a crutch, I guess. It would be an encouragement there. Don't let that be something to cause you to just throw up your hands and say, well, I'm stuck. I don't have another choice. You do. Yeah. Um, and there's grace there. You don't have to go overnight to just not have this fear, but there's grace in the... If you're faithful to seek the Lord and be in the word and see what he says marriage should look like, that's what you're following after, whether your parents stayed married or not. My parents did. Your parents are still married. Yeah. But they don't have perfect marriages. No. There's things that both of us would say, I don't want to be like that. No marriage is perfect. So if you're looking solely at the marriages around you, you're going to miss it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, you can take good examples and bad examples and learn from them. But if that's all you're looking at, you're trying to copy a broken thing. Yeah. As opposed to that's looking to point. what is perfect. So that's a really good point. Don't, yeah, don't just get stuck looking horizontally, look vertically mm-hmm. at what it really should look like. Definitely. And with that said, too, I do think it is, like, that should be your first place you're looking. at. like, okay, what does a biblical marriage look like? What am I, you know... Um, commanded to do according to scripture in regards to my marriage. But also if you are in a place where maybe your parents don't have a great marriage or the couples around you or that you grew up around didn't have good marriages, find people in your church, in your community, at work, wherever, who do have godly marriages and talk with those people. And, you know, I think it's still good for you to surround yourself with good examples um, and make a point to do that if that's not already the case for you. Oh, yeah, because I think you'll see... One, you'll see that good example, but you'll also see once you get to know those people and you're in their lives more, you'll see that you'll see they're not perfect. You'll see that, you know, it may seem like this unattainable thing from the outside of like, I could never be like that. Or that's just like, how in the world does that work? But once you're with those people on a regular basis, you'll see they're not perfect and you'll see how they work through conflict. You'll see all those things that will give you a more realistic picture of what a true godly marriage looks like. Because it's not perfection. No, not at at all. all. Not (laughs) at all. Another one of the hesitations that we heard was um, in regards to uncertainty or fear of change. Those were kind of two that intertwined. So whether they just didn't know for sure if this was going to work, they didn't really want to move forward, or... They just didn't know what their future would like once their life changed because they're, you know, maybe they lose their freedom, quote unquote. You still have freedom when you're married. It's just different kinds (laughs) of freedom. But, you know, your time is allocated differently. Your finances are allocated differently. You know, you make a decision with another person in mind now. Yeah. And so that was something that kept coming up a lot was just that fear of the unknown. Well, and I think that's another one, or at least like my experience has been you have that fear of the unknown when you're sitting on the single side of things and you're looking at this unknown of marriage or a serious relationship even, let's say. But that's a long jump from, that is a big change from totally single to married. But don't, don't get too far ahead of yourself, I guess is what I'm saying. 
because there are a lot of steps that will have to happen between being single and being married. And yeah, there will be a lot of incremental changes, I think, that add up to that big change, but it's not going from zero to 100 tomorrow. No. It's, you know, going from single to dating to in a serious relationship to engaged to married. And there will be small changes over time that I think add up to that big change. I don't think it's as huge of a jump immediately as we sometimes think it is. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, that we can kind of take into consideration is, you know, maybe this person who has the struggle with, you know, fear of the unknown is like, oh, well, the person I'm dating is going to be on their best behavior at the very beginning of this relationship. Or even for the first, like, Three big chunk. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, so, like, how so, do I know what's the real them yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. But like you said, you've got to give this time. We yeah. are not asking you to go from met to married in four months. No. Okay? In fact, we would encourage you not to. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> now... Yeah. <laughs> Don't you, unless you're just like... There's exceptions to everything. Yes, there are but, exceptions to every rule. But you can give it plenty. And I feel like as girls, too, we're so bad at this. Like, me and my roommate were talking about this the other night about how, you know, you meet a guy and he's cute. You're like, oh, can I marry you? And that's... Yeah, you're trying that's to make... That's where we go so quickly. Well, and you try to make that decision based off, you know, 30 minutes of context. amount of information. Huh. And then you say, oh, well, I don't know. Which you shouldn't, you shouldn't know. at that point. No. But then you still try to make that decision. And like the, oh, well, I don't know. A lot of times in our heads goes to, oh, well, I shouldn't. Like, chill out. Yeah. Give it time. And it will progress naturally. And that's okay. Yeah. You don't, we've talked about this before. You don't have to know. No. Immediately. Patience is key. You don't have to know key. after three months. No, you don't. Um, and no matter, regardless of the pressure that's put on you. Yes. Because you will run into that, I think. Not I think, I know. Oh, yeah. I've hit we, it. Yeah, you run both into it. run into it. You start the dating a guy and two weeks later, yeah. are we all getting engaged? Are you going to get married? What do you think? Well, and then you're like, I don't know. I've told people, I do not know. You've got to give me time. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to be okay with that. You do. And because until you've met the right person, you don't know what that will be like. Because until you've met the right person, you're with the right person, you've only ever been with the wrong person. And so you don't know. It takes time to figure that out. And there's a certain amount of trust that has to be built before you're not going to go in and sit down and immediately start talking about all of your deep-seated insecurities and fears. And you wouldn't expect them to. No. So give it time to build that trust. And I think that as the trust deepens, the fear of uncertainty lessens naturally because the unknown lessens. You know that person now. You know who they are. You've seen their character over time. And I've said before, inherent to consistency is time. So if you're looking for a consistent pattern of character in someone, you have to give it time. Because without that, their consistency cannot happen. Well, and going on the trust thing that if you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person, trust is going to be required. And you are never going to get to a point where you know every little bitty thing about this person, like, you will know a lot the longer you are around them and the longer, the more you spend time with them. But, like, you have got to get to a point where you trust them and believe the best of this person without knowing everything because you're never going to be completely certain. And, I mean, who knows, like, heaven forbid something horrible happened, but, like, you don't know what's going to happen down the road. I mean, Matthew 6 is very clear about that. Like, we have no idea what tomorrow holds, and we're not supposed to worry about it. Like, we have today. So, like, how can you 
position yourself to trust this person and to be patient and to continue to try to grow either towards a place where you're ready to date somebody and move forward or to just grow in your relationship with the person that you're dating so that you're willing to progress towards marriage. And all of those things take time. You're totally right. Yes, you have to yeah, be willing to say, because of this character that I've seen, because of the integrity that I see in you, because of the, the true heart for the Lord, I'm trusting Him that He will provide for me, for us, for this relationship, for our good. And then, yeah, you're going to put your trust in that other person because you've, tr- you've, you've seen those patterns. You've seen that character, and you're trusting the Lord as well. Okay, so we've talked about people who struggle with insecurity or want to fix themselves. We've talked about people whose parents, maybe their relationship wasn't the greatest and that affected their view of marriage. We've talked about not liking uncertainty, which nobody does. But, okay, so the last one we want to talk about then is people who don't want to leave their families. Or the whole the leave and cleave thing might be difficult for them. And I think this is especially difficult if you still, one of y'all still lives with your parents or still lives at home. That's all you've ever known. That will be a tough, I can see how that would be tough. Yeah. I mean, this is, I don't live at home anymore. I moved out, I mean, a year and a half ago. So yeah. it still hasn't been that long. But this is a big one for me. Like this, especially this time of year when you're yeah. around the holidays. Like I was talking to one of my friends today and she was talking about, you know, they split their holidays and they, you know, have to, Yeah. she's like, I don't get to be with my family on Thanksgiving. And I'm like, well, man, I'm being really selfish, but I don't want to be away from my family on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. And just having to figure out what that would look like, or if you have to move to a different state. Yeah. It doesn't and, mean literally just move out of their house. It may no. be we're moving across the country. Yeah. We're moving, you know, not even that we're moving across the state. Yeah. Um, it's still a big deal when is. that's what you're used to and that's where you're comfortable. Yeah. And I'll never forget, you and I had this conversation. Yeah. And and I think Melanie's told me the same thing. But, you know, you're so used to having your family and mm-hmm. this is what your life is around. You get married, he is your family. Like, and that is, he is your first mm-hmm. person. Like, that is your family. And yes, like, your parents and your siblings aren't any less of your family. No. But the They're focus secondary. is, yeah, the focus has shifted. And... The priority is shifted, but that doesn't mean that that's not scary or make someone hesitate yeah. or kind of be like, oh, that's going to be annoying. Yeah, well, it's not something that will be an overnight just switch. It'll take some time to get used to this new normal. Um, and we're just talking about specifically when it comes to holidays right now because that's kind of the, the time of year we're in where you know, you've got traditions and you have things growing up and it's just going to be different, but different's not bad. It's just different. It's just different. You'll make your own traditions. You'll start your own way. And you just need to, one, be okay with that. But two, also think about that ahead of time. Talk about that ahead of time. I think with this, this kind of is like, sums it all up. Talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Open communication is key to all of this. If we're going to talk about things to kind of take away from this, that would be my number one thing. Yeah. Talk about things that scare you. Talk about things that are uncertain, that you don't know, that worry you. Um, because you'll both bring different life histories into this relationship. You'll have different points of concern or things that you worry about, and you both need to ask questions and bring up these things that you need clarification on, whether it's, what are holidays going to look like? Or, you know, how are we going to do this or that? Now, granted, 
don't sit down on a first date. And yes, ask please don't ask that question. This. But as the relationship progresses towards, you're talking about future, you're talking about marriage, you've got to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because even if it's like, maybe you're not worried about leaving your family, but like maybe you really like your job. Or yeah. maybe you really like where you're living. Or like your house. Or maybe you really like your group of friends that you're around. It's like there are all these things that could change, whether you're, moving them or not, your life's just going to change in general when you get married. Well, and it's going to change even if you don't move. Exactly, yeah. You, like you were talking about before, your time will be allocated differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not move a bit. Your friends may be exactly where they've always been. Your family may be exactly where they've always been. But your life will change. And you just need to talk about that yeah. ahead of time. Any of these things, any of these things, that are, if any of these that we've talked about is like a point of concern for you, talk about it with the guy you're dating. And bring it up. It's okay. He's He can't read your mind. He doesn't know that something bothers you. You can't expect him to just know that and to just figure it out on his own. Tell him. Yeah. Well, because I even asked that question when we were prepping for this. We were talking to one of our guy friends about it. And I said, okay, well, do I let him bring this stuff up? Do I bring it up? And he made a really good point. He said, Kristen, you know, you're going to have different points of concern than he will. So if something is worrying you or you want to talk about something, you've got to bring that up. And if something's bothering him, then, like, let him bring that up. But it doesn't mean he's any less of a leader in the relationship or anything because – Exactly. Like you said, he can't read your mind. Right. And so I think this is totally fine for you to bring these things up. And, and you should exactly, bring them up. exactly what I was going to say. Is you need to. Because you can't just wait till you're married and then all of a sudden your first Christmas rolls around and be like, so what are we going to do? And, or you have a meltdown when it doesn't yeah. go the way you've thought in your head yeah. but you never told anyone. Because yeah. I think, you know, especially when you're dating early on even more, you want to impress that person so you know, our go-to line. Oh, it's fine. Newsflash, it's not fine. <laughs> I don't know why we do this. I don't know either. Oh, I feel so bad for guys sometimes. Right? I do too. I know. I think about it, I'm like, I say I'm fine all the time when I'm not, but then I get mad when he doesn't realize I'm not fine. Yeah. You should have been able to tell. By the way, I said I'm fine that I'm not fine. Exactly. Poor oh, things. I know. They're really saints. We don't give them enough credit. We don't. Especially with that. Because, yeah, I thought before, I'm like, if I had to deal with me... <laughs> Goodness. It would take a lot. I'm like, I understand why I'm single now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that one will hit you hard. Oh, so, gosh. So, yeah, talk about it. Yeah. And girls, too, I think this is a place where it's so important for us to be gracious. Because if he does come talk to you about something that's a concern of his, especially if it's something that's not a concern to you, Hear him out and listen to him and talk through it with him. Because just because you don't necessarily think that way or you're not really worried about it, this could really be something that's on his mind. And that's a way for you to be selfless and caring and kind to this person that you you really and truly care about. And and I think it's harder for guys a lot of times to come do that. Mm -hmm. Because they're supposed to be the macho protector, everything's fine, truly fine (laughs) person. And that's that's harder for them. And that's and vulnerable. And so if you shut them down because you don't understand it, mm-hmm. well, that's just selfish it and is. callous and mean. It is. So don't do that. No. But then on the other hand, too, I would encourage you that if you bring your concerns to a guy and he kind of like fluffs them off or doesn't want to talk about mm-hmm. them or doesn't think they're important, I'd take that as a red flag. I would. I would, you know, talk about it 
tell him, hey, this really is important to me. Like, I need you to be... And then if there's this pattern of he constantly brushes it off, yeah. You may need to that, reevaluate a few yeah, things. Yeah, I really... Yeah, <laughs> I think so because that's not going to just, like we've talked about before, go away once you get married. There's not going to magically just be nothing else to worry about. That will be a cycle that continues into a relationship and marriage down the road that will just make it difficult. I don't think marriage is ever easy. You always hear people say, oh, marriage is great, but it's a ton of hard work. And I think that gets stressed a little bit too much sometimes to the single people. We're like, oh, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, you're like, oh. I mean, not that you're afraid of hard work, but it's like it's overly stressed to the point of it almost comes across as it's not really worth it. Yeah, or like, like I are you enjoying sometimes. this? <laughs> yeah, and I think you need to beforehand go into it with the mindset of, I am marrying a sinful human being. Don't elevate this person to a level that they shouldn't possess or put expectations on them that aren't realistic. You have to be really careful, I think, and do some real soul searching on that one. (laughs) Because you are dating, engaged to, marrying a sinner. You can't expect them to ever be perfect. If you're expecting someone who is coming into this relationship to not have any baggage, to not have any hang-ups, to not have any flaws... You are in for a rude awakening because there's only ever been one person who lived a perfect life and you're not marrying him. (laughs) No, anything. But you do have him on your side. Yes. (laughs) But anything along those lines that you're placing on another person Mm -hmm. is just setting yourself up for disappointment. And I'm going to tell you right now, as a totally single person, I can tell you with 100% certainty, the person you marry, the person I marry, will hurt you, will let you down will say things that are hurtful, will forget things that were really important to you. All of those things are going to happen with 100% certainty, I can tell you right now. So if you go into a marriage expecting that to not happen, you've got unrealistic expectations that that person, it doesn't matter how close to perfect they are, they will never fulfill. Mm -hmm. And you won't for them either. No. You're not perfect. You're not anywhere close to perfect. And so you've got to really, really keep those expectations in check. And also talk about them. Because you may have expectations that are realistic, but if you don't tell the other person, they don't know you have them. So they're going to not meet your expectations that they didn't know you wanted them to. Yeah. So just be really careful, I think. Yeah. And I, this is making me think of, um, I was in college, I was at church one Wednesday night, and the college pastor was preaching through Ephesians 5, and he was talking about how, just exactly what you said, like, who you marry is not perfect, and as women specifically, we're called to submit to our husbands. That means you're going to be submitting to someone who is going to make mistakes, who's not always going to make the right call, who, you know, may not always have your best interest in mind. Yeah, or they make... Intentionally make, or unintentionally. They may make a decision that turns out to be the wrong one when you had said, hey, I think we should do this other thing. Yeah. But you can't throw that in their face. You, no. you need to work through that. Be loving, be gentle, be kind, be patient. Yeah. And his point was like, you know, if you can't even figure out or practice submitting to your heavenly father who is perfect, who does always make the right call, who does always have your best interest at heart, it's going to be really difficult for you to submit to somebody who isn't that way. And that's why kind of the undertone of everything we're saying is like keeping Christ first and really making sure you're pursuing that relationship first 
And then this comes along. And yes, marriage is going to be second to that. Like your husband is going to be your top priority other than your relationship with God once you get to that point. But it's so important that you continue to grow and pursue that relationship Mm -hmm. so that that submission is going to come a little more naturally when you get to a point where you're submitting to somebody else. Because remember, the purpose of marriage is not to make you happy. It's not to make you feel good. It's not to be this person doing everything you want them to. The purpose of marriage is to model Christ in the church and to make you more like Christ. And That's so such a good reminder. If you're coming into this because you want things out of your husband or your wife, you're, you've got the whole... You missed the point. The whole mentality is wrong. You need to shift your entire thinking that marriage is about... It's a picture of the gospel to the world. And so it's not this me, me, me thing. Yeah, you're right. You're and so right. if you keep... Like you said, if you're pursuing Christ first... If you're not doing that now, then once you do get married, that's not a pattern of your life. You are going to unavoidably place expectations on your spouse that only Christ should fulfill because you're going to be looking to get things out of the relationship when you should be pouring into it and have that selfless mindset of this relationship. Yeah. And I think you just saying that, like, this is, you know an effort for you to be, you both to become more like Christ. And I think, especially for those people who maybe, like we talked about earlier, have a little bit of hesitation around their parents are divorced or didn't have a great marriage or whatever. My boss made this really great statement. He told me one time, he said, I did, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to grow up and say, I don't want to be like my dad. It's, I want to be like Jesus. And that's the mindset I would really encourage you to have. It's you're not in on this unavoidable track to becoming your parents. You are your own person. You make your own decisions. You are not doomed to make the same mistakes. But I think if you can have that mindset of not focusing on who you don't want to be, but focusing on who you do want to be, yeah. and that's emulating Christ, yeah. that's going to make a huge difference in your entire life, your, not just your marriage. I mean, that's going to be huge. Yes, because in all of life, if you're comparing yourself to other fallen sinful human beings as your measure of success or goodness in life, you're missing the mark entirely, I think. And my dad always had an analogy when we were growing up. He said, you can always find a crookeder stick. <laughs> and the point was, if you go... That's through- a Georgia word for you people who aren't from here. <laughs> His point was, if you're, you know, you're out in the woods and you find a stick and... It looks pretty straight because compared to this other stick over here, it's way crookeder. Yeah. (laughs) So the one you've got looks straight, but until you hold that stick up to a ruler, which Mm. is perfectly straight, you're not going to realize how crooked your original one really is. Mm -hmm. With the point being, you can't compare yourself to other people to make you look straighter, to make you look more on the right path. You've got to compare it to scripture. So the same thing with a relationship with your marriage. If you're not comparing it to scripture, then you're building your house on sand. Yeah. And it's going to crumble. Yeah, I think the point we're just trying to make here is keeping your priorities straight and keeping your expectations communicated but also in check are going to be the biggest things you can do in order to kind of overcome all of these hesitations that you're having. Because all of these stem from fear We are not called to be fearful. We are not called to be timid. 
You know, we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, and we are equipped with that. Yeah. Yeah, so don't live any less than what you're called to live. And if anything, that should give you peace and the sense of excitement and expectancy and confidence. Exactly. And again, if you are truly seeking God's will for your life, he does not want to hide that from you. Yeah. And he does not want to make you fearful of it, you know? So I think the most important thing, like we keep saying, is just... You're pursuing your relationship with Christ. You're keeping that at the forefront of everything else. And you are leaning into him for mm-hmm. confidence and assurance of yeah. what's ahead instead of living in fear of all of these hesitations that can cripple you and can paralyze you from moving towards yeah. something that could be really great and really Christ-honoring and really valuable in his kingdom. Yeah. And one last, I think, encouragement I would have is don't let that confidence swing too far in the other direction. Fear can be classified into two different categories. There are actual safety concerns, fears that are right and good and should be heated. You don't touch a hot stove. You don't go over the double yellow line in the middle of the road because there's a car coming. Those are things that are, you may not consciously think of them as being a fear, but you are afraid of being burned and you are afraid of having a car run into you. Those are healthy fears. Very healthy, common sense, actual safety fears. That's one thing. I would liken that in the dating realm too. If you are dating someone and have been, and you see patterns and character qualities that are not what you would be looking for in someone, that are not in line with scripture, that is a healthy fear that should stop and pause and make you reevaluate, talk to that person and get to the bottom of those things. But then there's a, a second type of fear that I think can be in response to real and per- or perceived future situations um, or even past experiences that boil down to a lack of trust in the sovereignty of God. If you're fearful over something you can't control, past or future, then there's a lack of trust there that God is in control, I think. And so again, when it comes to dating and marriage, if these fears or worries are keeping you from ever taking the step of putting yourself into a situation to find out those things we talked about about someone, like if it's keeping you from ever even moving forward to the point of getting to know someone or dating someone to the point of even talking about this, then I think that's fallen into that second category of do you truly put your trust in the Lord for your life, for their life, for how he's going to shape your future. So just think about that. That would just be kind of a challenge for all of us. Because I know we all have things that are give us anxiety or we're afraid of. But just stop and say, okay, is this something that's real and true that I have a reason to be afraid of or am I not trusting God? Because I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I think that can kind of be boiled down in a sense to just wanting control. And I know that this is a very big struggle for me personally. Uh, Just being real with you guys that... You know, I can only control so much. I can control how I react to other people, how I treat other people, how I'm growing in my own life and in my relationship with God. And I cannot control the other person. I cannot control God and his plan. So if you have that mindset, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, grow and mature and trust and have faith and keep pursuing God's will for my life, that's all you can do. And that's all you've been entrusted to do. Right. And 
then you when you're able, them to do the rest. yeah, when you're able to release that desire for control over other people or over the entire circumstance, that's when you're truly exhibiting trust. Yes. And that's what's going to help you move forward. Yeah, because you're holding your life with an open hand, saying, "Lord, this is my life. This is what, even if it's a desire or a an idea you have of your life, saying, "This is what I want. This is what I would like." But Lord. M- my life is in an open hand for you to do with it what you will. As opposed to like you were talking about that control is when you start to close your fist and say, no, I will have this and mm-hmm. you will do this. Mm-hmm. And those things have become idols then. Yeah. So just be careful. Yeah. And one of my mentors gave me this really cool picture one time where like, you know, you try to close your hands around things. Sure. You can't let go of them, but you can't receive anything either with a closed hand. So like what God may be wanting to give you may be way better than what you think you want or what you think you need. He or knows this. what's best. Exactly. So if you're sitting there death gripping your hopes and dreams and expectations, you know, you're not in a posture to be able to accept whatever could be way better than all of those things that you're holding on yeah. to. So that would be my encouragement. Just yeah. be open-handed and trusting that he has your best in mind. Yes, because he always does. He does. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. We hope this has been helpful and encouraging and that maybe you're a little less scared of being married (laughs) now if you came into it with that mindset but um we do have one favor to ask you if you could go over to itunes and leave us a rating and a review if you are enjoying this podcast we would appreciate it so much for those of you who already have we are very very grateful y'all are awesome but these ratings and reviews really just help iTunes to know that people are interested in the podcast, that it's worth recommending and suggesting to other people who are searching for things like dating as a Christian and singleness and all the things that we're talking about here. So if you guys could do that, we would be forever grateful. Yes. So we would love you a lot if you would hop on over and do that. And then join us for next week's episode where we're going to be talking about hospitality and the single girl. I'm so excited. This is like Bethany's wheelhouse. It's going to be so good. She has a lot of really awesome encouragement and tips and practical things to take away about being hospitable and just having that heart for serving other people. So it's going to be a really good conversation. So make sure you don't miss it. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle.